The following message is brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. To learn more about the Ezra Institute's mission to advance the Lordship of Christ, please visit www.ezrainstitute.ca. For a second, please. We're in a cultural war, a cultural war. Oh, How do you think you are talking to me like that? I resent the fact that your implication that only you are a Canadian. The culture war is back, 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 back. All right, well, the culture warriors are back with us this morning as we embark on uh, a nice foray into some of these big stories that uh, have cultural impact and are important to note and uh in so doing, we've joined uh, Dr. Scott Masson, or he's joined us, the Associate Pastor at the Westminster Chapel here in Toronto. Scott, good to have you back. Thank you, John. Good morning. Good and morning, Sherry sir. DeNovo, Ontario NDP MPP for Parkdale High Park. Good morning, Sherry. Welcome back. Good morning, John. You know, uh, I was just looking at the monitor. Jay Robinson uh, booted off the Executive Committee, is uh, saying her piece. Now, the Executive Committee uh, may have a matter to deal with that is of significance on a cultural level, certainly. Uh, City Council this week may add it to its meeting agenda and refer the matter to the Executive Committee. Uh, this notion that's been proposed by Councillors Michelle Berardinetti and seconded or seconded by uh, Councillor Josh Manlow, and uh, it's to allow uh, mothers to drop off anonymously unwanted babies uh, at a hospital or hospitals. It's based on this Angel Cradles idea out of Edmonton. Vancouver's got one as well, designed to be an alternative to abandoning a newborn child. In other words, you know, if a uh, a young lady is distraught, a young woman is distraught, has a child perhaps, uh, rather than all these heinous alternatives we can't even want to begin to imagine, just leaves it inside a cradle uh, that's sort of a one-way, it's almost like paying a cabbie in New York, and then you shut the door and uh, there's a bell that goes off, sets off an alarm, and the healthcare workers take the new arrival into their care. Sherry DeNovo, do you see this as a good idea or initiative? Uh, yes, I, I think by and large it's a good idea uh, and certainly uh, has proven to be such. It, it actually originates back in the Middle Ages, so it's nothing new. Uh, and it's obviously way, way better than what we've seen of the woman who left her baby in a dumpster, for example. Um, of course, there's still questions around that, uh, health questions uh, uh, regarding the child's, uh, you know, uh, parents, etc. But that could be, I think, ameliorated with maybe some amendments that some information be left, etc. Um, and of course, it leaves, begs the question, what happens to the child after that? Uh, but I think, it, you know, the, the impulse behind this is good, and it's certainly better than what we have. Scott Massett, I mean, uh, it's no uh, secret that you've railed against abortion and uh, see it as inherently evil. This would be uh, perhaps some kind of a compromise. A child is still brought into this world and dropped off anonymously in a safe environment. As an alternative, how do you feel about that? Well, I, I as you say, I, I approve and that the fact that people will bring the child to term. Um, and I do sympathize with the situation of, of parents or mothers, or it would probably primarily be uh, single mothers that would do this who would feel distraught and uh, incapable of, of dealing with the consequences. So I can understand that. I do have a question about doing it through the public system. Um, I, do th I, I recognize that there is a precedent for this in the history of the church um, and understand that the, the church has always seen health, welfare, and education as its mandate. But there's a difference between giving the government your children and giving the church your children. Uh, the government has not just uh, the, the care, uh, the issue of, um, because the, the, the government has other 
uh, agenda in place aside from those of bringing up the children. In fact, it has no particular expertise in this. Uh, and once it starts getting involved in it, it will also include, uh, well, who can adopt these children? It'll get passed in the foster care system. At that point, it will say, well, who can adopt these children? And then we'll, we'll appeal to equity legislation and so forth, such that the main people who will adopt the children, namely Christians, will be excluded from the adoption process because they don't, they're not going to agree with the equity legislation. Uh, what do you mean by that? Well, because in order to be a foster parent these days, you have to agree, you have to sign off on that you agree to raise the child in a way that will not discriminate against the practice of homosexuality and so forth. That's You have to sign on, off on this in advance. So in other words, we've cut out the main people who would do the adoption, namely Christians. So what you're saying the, is you can't then decide if you're the foster parent to raise that child according to your precepts and values and principles, etc. That is the current system, correct. That is the new is legislation. That right, that well, is it, that's really begging the question. First of all, I, I take issue with what, what is God actually saying here, that you should drop your unwanted baby off at the door of a church? I mean, come on. Uh, if the government's uh, not capable, in his view, of looking after children, certainly churches are not. I think most churches, uh, there wouldn't be anybody there, for starters, uh, during the week. And well, second of true. all, uh, there'd be all sorts of health issues uh, that that baby uh, should should be seen first and foremost by health professionals, i.e. the hospital. And second of all, uh, adoption is open to all of those who are, who are able to adopt. Now, should uh, CAS and other agencies be overseen by the ombudsman? Absolutely. Some of them aren't right now. But still, uh, you know, option is, uh, adoption is open for folk. And uh, all that yes. is asked of people really is that they be fit parents. And that's, uh, we know that to be true. That's not accurate. It's not that they'd be fit parents. They, it, it is that they'd be fit parents, but the, the definition of fitness is that they agree with the, uh, the government's human rights legislation, which discriminates against Christians. Well, it doesn't, actually, because I'm a Christian minister right, and but a you, doctor you, of theology. Yeah, and, but you and contradict the, the Christian largest, faith on no, this point. The it, largest Protestant church in which Canada, is dying the United like United Church. Dying uh, as we speak. Uh, support, and even the Roman Catholic Church uh, doesn't condemn homos, homosexuals. Uh, you well, know, I don't so, condemn uh, homosexuals you know, either. Well, that's all that is asked of adoptive parents, that they not condemn the child that they adopt. Uh, that's what human rights are about. No, it's uh, not. And, and so at, at any rate... Uh, uh, you know, to get back to the original issue, uh, dropping a child off at a hospital is, is way safer than dropping a child off at a church. Well, let's see how the folks feel about that. I mean, this is a proposal put forth by two councillors, and uh, we'll make it to the executive committee for discussion whether or not Toronto ought to support something similar to a program in Edmonton and Vancouver. As you say, dials back to the Middle Ages, maybe even before that. It used to be, you know, in a bed of reeds, as uh, we know from the Old Testament. But, uh, <laughs> do we uh, support this alternative? Uh, let's call it uh, out for women who are distraught, maybe have a, a child unwanted, but they want it to be placed in a safe and anonymous condition, and they drop it off at a hospital. Would you be willing to say that's a good program that we ought to support? Scott Masson's case is it ought not to be done under the rubric of government, mm. and uh, that's where he draws uh, his uh, I guess that's his bone of contention. You believe that churches, and you know, to Sherry DeNovo's point, though, churches don't always have 24-7, you know, people that uh, would be there ready to accept and maybe the healthcare facilities required for an infant at this stage. Right, but if the government would, and the reason that that is the case is the government has a monopoly on this process and involves itself in it, so therefore the private organizations are prohibited from doing precisely that sort of thing. But there are programs that are out there that are seeking to... Uh, 
fill this gap that the government currently fills itself. And they do so on a low-cost basis, and they can find people who are willing to adopt right there, right now, and they don't have to go through all of this equity legislation. It's just that the government will not allow them to do that, but there are many willing individuals who would be very happy to adopt a child. I know countless ones. And my church, for instance, has a Safe Families uh, project, which seeks to keep families together. And one of the ways it seeks to do that is for people who are finding the burden of having a child too much for them to bear, they can they can uh, give the child to a, a, a family just for a brief space of time, a few months until they're able to find their bearings, and then they can have the child uh, back. So what, it's a, it's we're a, talking about infants here. Infants right, who and we, uh, that's what I'm talking about. immediate medical attention. No, 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 no. Uh, it's got nothing uh, to do with uh, medical the, attention. No church is going to be able to provide that. And, that's not true. Uh, uh, well, Okay. The, the church in the uh, Middle Ages did. You just said that. And in we, the Middle and we Ages, could do so. perhaps, because there wasn't uh, medical attention as we know it today available to anyone back then. But, I mean, right now, the hospital is the safest place, and it would get immediate attention. It's staffed 24-7, <coughs> and that's really what we're talking about. Let's find out how the folks feel about this initiative before we move on to other matters. Doug in Mississauga, go ahead. You're on the Oakley Show. Thanks for taking my call. Yep. I 100% agree that the only viable option should be to drop a child off at the hospital in the care of professionals where there's a standard of care that gets monitored and can be inspected and held accountable. Sure. No doubt about it. Right, of course, the standards of care and so forth. But, I mean, do you think... Do you not think that Christians are nurses and doctors and so forth? As soon as, soon as it was permissible for them to do this, uh, all of the Christian uh, health care workers, of which the, there are a myriad, would be able to work in private organizations and do precisely the same thing that the public system is doing. The church is not housed by staff trained all the time like a hospital. Don't be ridiculous. But it could, well, who, where do you think the hospitals come from, my friend? I mean, the, the, most of the hospitals in this country were started by Christians, and they, they are still uh, Christians. And You're and, talking out of the side of your mouth. You're not even hearing my point. No, I'm hearing You're your point. You're not telling me that there's a church on every corner in Canada where there are 100% of the time trained healthcare professionals. No, You're of course not. But there could be some. The point is there are, there are not hospitals on every corner of this country either. All right, but you want it at a designated hospital, and uh, Scott Masson feels that's uh, handing the kid over to a bureaucracy, in effect. Uh, Rick mm-hmm. in Richmond Hill, what do you say? Uh, do you support this notion, first of all, that there be safe havens or angel cradle type of programs? Well, you know what, John? A great day to talk radio, by the way. Yep. Um, you know what? I, I, I don't want your guests to jump all over me here, but like I was a 17-year-old father, and, and I stuck by... Um, my girlfriend, and, uh, you know, for three years we were helped out. Uh, you know, I never ran away from, from the responsibility. Uh, you know, it, it's better that this, this, this idea is better than, you know, the, the people that are, I don't want to even call them human, that are throwing their children in the garbage. Sure. It breaks my heart to hear these things, to know that as a 17-year-old, I'm 48 now, I've got four kids, I stuck by and I raised them. I believe school, give up hockey, to, to raise this kid, I put myself in that situation, and at 17, I stood up and said, you know what, i got to be a man, and i got to look after this kid. And believe me, John, I, I was making $4 an hour. I had nothing. Mm. Just like these other people, I was thrown out of my house by my mom. My girlfriend's mother took us in. All right, but me, and you know, you're, you're to be uh, applauded for that, but mm. the point is whether or not uh, you think anybody who's distressed and can't fend for the, or don't believe that they can uh, meet the obligation the way you have, obviously, and courageously, uh, 
should they be allowed to drop a child off anonymously at a drop-off facility, be it a church or a hospital, and if you have a preference, which one? Well, you know what, I think it's like this. If, if they feel that they're, that they're not capable of taking care of a child, maybe they should have thought of that before they were in the, no, the, the process of conceiving the child. Well, well that's we are, true. We don't even want to get into that, but the, the point here is uh, if know. you're in that situation and you are looking to give the child, you can't look after the child, is this not better than putting the child in a garbage bin? The answer is yes, but the question is whether it you could do that through another means aside from the government. And, and I, I just want to say, Rick, uh, uh, kudos to you. You sure. did the right thing Absolutely. and uh, you're to be applauded. Yep. All right. Well, we appreciate the call on that front. We'll come back. More calls in a moment. Also, big uh, march on Saturday across the province. Now the Supreme Court tomorrow, or actually Thursday, starts hearing uh, the appeal uh, of the Ontario Superior Court ruling that would have made brothels legal. And uh, where do you stand on that law? Should we be uh, hoping that the Supreme Court upholds the Ontario or the Superior Court's uh, ruling? In moments, we'll get to that with uh, Scott Masson and Sherry DeNovo and more of your thoughts. All right, let's get back into the culture war. Dr. Scott Masson, associate pastor at the Westminster Chapel, and Sherry DeNovo. Also N- a doctor. Also a doctor <laughs> of divinity, we should point out, and uh, the NDP MPP for Parkdale High Park. We were talking about this proposal put forth by two Toronto City councillors to uh, study it at a meeting uh, later this week with the council or referring the matter to the executive committee, uh, dropping off abandoned babies or abandoning them uh, anonymously at local hospitals. Uh, Scott says, uh, why the hospital? Why not churches? And leave it out of the hands of the bureaucrats when it comes to how these kids will then be, dare I say, processed for foster homes and uh, mm-hmm. earmarked under certain rules of engagement when it comes to adopting babies. So those that's his principal concern. What do you say? Let's get Ellen in here. Good morning, Ellen. Good morning, John. Hi. Do you like this proposal? I love it. We have been trying to get safe haven legislation into Ontario for a couple of years. A couple of years ago, I contacted Dr. Cairns, the coroner, and said, we will bury those babies. And we were given two babies, one a little boy that was left in the woods up north, and another one was the one that was found in the wall that was mummified. And we, I run the Canadian Centre for Abuse Awareness, and for us, this is the earliest stage of abuse, to throw away a baby. So we gave them a name. We, their names are on a monument. We gave them a service. We released 85 doves. We gave dignity to those children. And I found out about the safe haven law in the United States. And they've saved over 2,000 babies in the last 10 years. So I had Tim Jackard up here just two weeks ago trying to see how we can move this forward. And I'm, I've been going to the government, the, the provincial government, I've, I've met with Rob Nicholson. There's no problem with the criminal code, but I can't seem to get anywhere with the provincial government. So I am so excited that someone is mo- putting this movement forward, but it's at city council, I understand. Yeah, it right. is. Well, I, I can tell you that I'm very, very happy to pick, take this up to, with the attorney general. I mean, this is the very last day the House is sitting, so nothing's going to happen until September. But uh, certainly I'm back in there this afternoon and this morning, and uh, I'll raise it with John Gerritsen immediately. All right, there you go, Ellen. I didn't catch. I didn't catch your name. I'm sorry. Sherry DeNovo. Sherry DeNovo's NDP MPP for Park Delhi Park. That is wonderful, Sherry. I will contact you because we will get behind you on this. Thank you. All right, Ellen. Uh, there you go. Affecting some change, perhaps. Uh, maybe not to the satisfaction of Scott Masson, but <laughs> well, I agree with the principle. That was right. it. Was just. Uh, it's just the way. Uh, would you Would you care if maybe there was at least the alternative to do it at a church or hospital? 
I would have no problem with okay, that. Okay, that would be uh, your best case scenario. Rudy on the Gardner, one more call on this before we move on to a few other matters quickly with the, the Culture Warriors this morning. What do you say, Rudy? I thank you for taking my call. And what I'd like to say is that who cares where the child is dropped off at? As long as it's at a safe place, the police station, hospital, church, a right. school even, who cares? As long as the child is safe and the person can get um, can get help on their own. Now, not the last caller, but the caller before is um, with uh, Mark or whatever his name was who did good for himself. Kudos on him. Mm-hmm. But his mentality is part of the reason why we have babies in garbage bags, babies in the wall in the woods, because we, they just want to lay blame. He didn't even want to take fact that... Um, he did do better, and he still didn't blame why is the ch- um, girl in that position. We were, were past that. we got to move on. This is a good legislation. Bring it in. It's going to save lives, save people, and now the, even the mother can get help properly without the baby still stressing her. So we sorry, pardon the pun, but kill two birds, one stone, whatever. But mm-hmm. that, it just works out that way in the better. It's better all the way around in the long run. Mark, what do you think about my proposal that uh, there be an alternative that, you know, the parents could leave the child with a family for a while and then, uh, and then have the child back after? I think that's an amazing proposal, too. I swear, I love that proposal so much. Yeah, well, right. well, who's going to oversee that? that? Well, the go- well, it's they're, not they're, the government. Well, no, of course they can oversee it, but it just doesn't administrate. As I say, safe families for children, that is precisely what we're doing right now. All right, well, Terry, a new market, your take. What's that? Uh, thanks for taking my call. No, I think it's wonderful legislation. The only thing that I have major concerns about would be to drop it off somewhere other than a hospital. For my own personal situation, we've had a daughter that was born a year ago, has been at Sick Kids for a year. And from someone who has not seen our uh, medical system and how it works up until that unfortunate time, I think it's absolutely ludicrous that you would put a child that could potentially be sick, even when it's born, uh, in anywhere but a hospital, which is trained, which has the staff, which has the social workers uh, to deal with all sorts of the, all sorts of aspects of a, of a child that's been born and that might be sick. Look, I, I have agree. a child myself. I, I grant you the issue. The, but the question is, are all children born sick? And the answer is no. I but mean, you need medical staff to ascertain whether it is or it isn't, and that's, I think, his point. And well, agree. you know, Chris also email says, I'm offended the Catholic Church ran residential schools, which systematically killed thousands of Native kids. This is hate speech on your station. Nobody has a right to raise kids to preach against homosexuality. I don't think you were preaching against it. You were just saying you'd like to raise a child under the precepts of your faith or your doctrine, and that's... uh, Sure, yeah. All right, right. the other story has to do with uh, prostitution, whether it should be legal in the province of Ontario, and the Supreme Court is now going to hear uh, that case as of Thursday, and it's a landmark ruling if it does uphold uh, the Ontario Superior Court ruling that made brothels legal. You might remember Alan Young, the prof up at uh, Osgoode Hall at York University, and Terry Jean Bedford, the so-called Thornhill dominatrix, were sort of on the vanguard of this case and uh, fighting it for years. Uh, if the Supreme Court were to uphold that ruling, Sherry DeNovo, prostitution becomes legal in the province of Ontario. Would that be a good ruling? Well, prostitution actually is legal. Well, okay. It's uh, just communicating, right. having a brothel, all, all the In the interest of security for the practitioners. Um, so, absolutely. This is a Charter of Rights and Freedoms case, truly, uh, about the rights uh, and the freedom of women to be safe. Uh, whether uh, whether you think that it's the oldest profession or the oldest oppression, the reality is uh, this is about women's safety. And we need to make sure that women are not uh, unsafe. And making brothels legal uh, allows them to be safe, to, to practice what they do inside and not on the streets, climbing into strangers' cars, putting themselves at risk. And we know what that looks like. We can only remember the, the killings that happened, of course, in B.C. So uh, absolutely. Scott Masson, what do you make of that? Well, I mean, 
the safety or security issue. Well, I, I'm, I wonder if what we're concerned about is prostitutes getting rained upon or something. What's the difference between being outside and inside as far as safety goes? I just don't get that. But the, but the, the big point that I want to make about this is that other countries have done this and, and research has been done into that and the consequence of it. And, the, and I, I quote here, this is Professor Eric Neumeyer of the, of the LSC, London School of Economics and Politics. They researched 116 countries to see the effect of prostitution on human trafficking. And I quote here, Our research suggests that in countries where prostitution is legalized, there is such a significant expansion of the prostitution market that the end result is larger reported inflows of human trafficking. So the consequence of this is not... uh, is not only about the prostitutes themselves, it's about the effect of this, the wider effect, and this has been uh, seen. Now, what the Swedish government did in 1999 is it put the onus on those who purchased the sex, the consumers, as it were. They made that illegal. When they did that, that wiped out prostitution and sex trafficking in Sweden. And so they, their own estimates here are that between that only 200 to 400 women and girls have been annually trafficked into Sweden for prostitution, whereas you look next door in Finland, which has a smaller population, they have something between 15 and 17,000. So there isn't just the, it's not just an issue of these women that are in the sex trade, it's those who will be brought into it. And invariably, they're, they're sex trafficked, invariably, they're underage, invariably, the human misery increases with this. This is a bad le- legislation So for the everyone. law of unintended consequences, uh, last word, Sherry? Uh, y- no, I I, of course, disagree. Uh, I disagree you with agree that with the study. statistics? No, the statistics are, are quest- very questionable. There have been lots, lots of studies done. And if you look at the Netherlands instance, instance in Netherlands, you look at a situation where, yes, prostitution is legal, and that allows the police to then hunt down the human traffickers and the large organized crime. No, it's right growing, now, it's growing we have a situation where, because it's underground, because it's undercover, the police uh, are thwarted in their efforts to go after the human traffickers and go after the organized crime by making this above board that's when this you know this becomes apparent and that's what they're finding in places where it's legal that's why you get this upsurge in statistics because all of a sudden they know who the traffickers are and they know where the criminals are and they can go after them that's the difference and besides all of that the question here and i think this is the critical question is women's safety uh <laughs> the ontario Supre- uh, superior court has already ruled on that uh and this is a charter of rights and freedoms case again these are the women themselves calling for this they're calling for it because they are so at risk under the current system and they're so at risk by you know from human traffickers they're so at risk from a large criminal syndicates because the police can't get at them and because they can't tell the police about it and because they're standing not because they're getting rained on because they're Getting into strangers' cars. Okay, well, but, but, but Sherry, you say that, 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 that countries have done this and there are no consequences and that all that the answer to everything is for the government to oversee it. And this is your one size answer to every question. No, the reality where, not. Where, where countries have done this, you can go to Germany, the same thing. They legalized it in 2002. They showed a sharp increase in reports of human trafficking upon fully of legalizing you it. You report it now because the, you can. No, That's no, no, what no. happens. No, 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 no. The, the issue here is that is that people who want sex illicitly invariably want younger women, underage women. Now, when when women are brought they into also prostitution, want men, and there's also my trans point? people involved. Absolutely, and they are similarly abused. Prostituted women 
persons in general are literally raped multiple times daily, as much as eight to ten times a day. Now, those are the, the ones that are in prostitution. So if you're trying to cut down violence against women, you don't go into prostitution because there you're going to get it. You want to legalize it and bring the government in as if that's going to solve the problem. It doesn't solve the problem. No, so you're saying just interdiction, interdiction is still the best way to go. Well, Absolutely. I, the women themselves who are in the trade are calling for this for their own But they safety. don't know what they're talking about. They're not okay, looking at the Okay, so women don't know what they're talking about. Let's listen to the uh, the real message here. Women don't know These are women their in own profession and they don't know what they're talking about. I, I think that's well, really the, credibility, the core the of the issue The credibility of here. the witness, in this case, the dominatrix, I would question. Credibility of all of the women who signed on to this. Well, there are multiple industry. women that are opposing this as strongly as could possibly be, Sherry. So well, you're not okay. speaking on behalf of women here. We'll uh, end on that note. Uh, yet to be debated, I'm sure, with the uh, Supreme Court starting the hearings on Thursday. Dr. Scott Masson, Associate <laughs> Pastor at the Westminster Chapel in Toronto, and Sherry DeNovo. Dr. Sherry DeNovo, Ontario NDP MPP Parkdale High Park. Thank you both. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the Ezra Institute for Contemporary Christianity. Please feel free to share it with friends, but do not charge for or alter the material in any way without the express written consent of the EICC. Thank you.